everybody. Welcome back to the Gamer Panera Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bradford Carlton. Today, I have a very special guest with us. I have Seth Mason. Hey there, Seth. How's it going? Good. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Where do you hail from, Seth? Uh, Johnstown, Pennsylvania. It's a nice right little area. It's not too bad today, is it? And a little overcast. And the weather's starting to finally warm up here in Pennsylvania, so can't complain. Nice. Okay, so Seth, I don't do a lot of small talk on the show. Usually I usually just go right into it. So why don't we begin by just telling us a little bit about yourself, please? Yeah, so I'm Seth Mason. I'm 23 years old. I grew up here in uh, in this area, small town, rural Pennsylvania. Um, you know, started my career in kind of in esports and in business. My you know, parents owned a small business for 25 years. So I kind of grew up in an entrepreneurial type family. Um, and they still help me support this day. They do a lot of screen printing and for us for our merchandise. Actually, thanks, mom, made this uh, for me. But, uh, you know, so I grew up in that in that kind of seven days a week grind, hustle. You know, I got put food on the table. I have three older sisters. So, you know, whole family to support. And, um, you know, my dad as well, he quit his whole his job and, and help, uh, help my mom grow her small business. So I understand, you know, taking risks was part of, uh, being an entrepreneur, part of being a business owner. And that helped me kind of build up to uh, the point where I was in high school at 15 years old. I started my own sock company, of course, with the help of my parents. And that kind of it blew up. Uh, it was very successful and gave me the opportunity to kind of continue to follow my dreams and, and passion uh, throughout you know, college. That's where I really started my whole kind of esports career, I guess you could call it, in my college apartment. You know, everyone has that story of where they started. It was literally my friends, uh, roommates from, from a great school. We went to college together and we had an idea of let's host a tournament, right? Let's host a gaming tournament on a weekend. It was Super Bowl weekend, February of 2018. Uh, we hosted an event. 25 people showed up to our college apartment from like two, three hours away all over the place. It was for five hundred dollars, um, and we had uh, eight stations set up in my apartment, eight individual TVs. So they weren't playing split screen. No, everyone had their own station, and the people there were like mind blown because they've never you know experienced something like that. So that's what we kind of knew we were onto something, and and people were blown away by our you know college apartment, which wasn't the nicest thing. We had duct tape on the wall, the cables. I've uh, some pictures and stuff. My friend on the on the ground wiring everything in. So you know, that's what kind of started. And the best thing was we just did it for fun. It was something we love to do. And uh, from there, we kind of built a gaming center model uh, from there. That was probably 2018, 2019. And then uh, I had a company come in from Washington, D.C. I said, hey, like what you're doing, like what's going on? Let's let's test run. It took me over. So I basically sold my idea and concept to them and, um, you know, worked for them for about a year, year and a half. And then I launched the eSport company here in, in June of 2020. So right there. I love it. Now I, I have to wonder how you fit eight TVs in your college apartment when I could barely fit my couch in my college apartment. <laughs> it was a house. So we like three stories. Luckily it was a big house uh, here. So, okay. <laughs> all right. Um, beautiful. You give, you gave us a lot to talk about and I'll, I'll touch on that in just a second. But before I do that, I start every interview with a single question. So I'm going to ask you just like I ask everybody else on a scale of one, 10, 10 being high. How weird are you, Seth? How weird am I? I like to think uh, I'm probably like a six or a seven. I'm, I'm right up there. Um, Why is that? Just probably, you know, for my gaming career, I've always played like a lot of traditional sport games. So like that was my entry level in esports. I wasn't really into like, you know, the, I guess, first person shooters at first and all that. So my, mine was kind of like scheduled. Then I got really got into some of the, the other games like Overwatch. Like I'm a big Overwatch player now. So I think that has like a niche audience. The community is very you know, passionate about that compared to like sports games with I at least experienced. Um, not only, you know, esports, but just my general kind of interests are very kind of plain and generic. 
um you know, you just listen to type of you know, generic music dance music and stuff like that so you know whatever 23 year old kid kind of is into i'm not you know too weird but um you know i also have like i said I, you know love to play overwatch video games are my thing and uh you know i watch a little bit of traditional sports but um in terms of that i think that's yeah i don't really have uh you know too much too many interesting or weird things that i really do anymore I love that answer. <laughs> I'm a five. That's that's what everybody okay, asks okay. me. Okay. Um, now this is the Gamer Premier Podcast, obviously. So I do need your gaming cred. Uh, you, you, I know it's the esport company. I get that. But when did you first start playing video games? When I first started playing video games, it was with my uh, cousin. Actually, I was probably like seven, eight years old, playing the original Xbox. We'd sneak down. It was my grandma's house. We'd sneak down and and play. Uh, there was a football game. I forget what it was. Uh, Blitz, I believe. It was you know hardcore. It was like something. I was like, oh, this is awesome. My, you uh, sneaking me in there because it's like a teen rated game, and I'll never forget that. So my cousin actually got me out there, and then my parents got me a PlayStation Two. I was big in like Crash Bandicoot, the, the original one. Uh, I played a lot of sports games on the MLB was my, my biggest one and then uh, i got an xbox 360 when i was probably like nine my parents got me a 360 when they first came out they were hard to get and uh, i played madden 09 i believe and i was a top 100 player and i was top 100 player by running the same play over and over and over again i was uh with the carolina panthers i'd run the goal line offense with just everybody stacked on the line then i would just run to one side every single time it was unstoppable i found like a little cheat code in madden i was like a top 100 player like i played a lot so that was uh that's where I kind of grew up in and then you know I played Modern Warfare 2 and that kind of really got me into the social aspect of gaming right coming home I'll never forget coming home from you know after school I lived right across the height at my high school um so I'd run home like I would literally run home outside the door and I'd be home like in a minute right and uh you know my friends and all we would all get together and, and play after school so I'll never forget the social aspect and I think that's what really hooked me in was you know, the social and, and staying connected with my friends, even though we're, you know, kind of all separated, staying home uh, and, and being, you know, socializing, which a lot of people don't think that's, you know, thing about esports is, you know, an isolating activity. Well, it's not, at least for me, every day I was talking to everybody, every day we were talking about ideas, homework, you know, we were just all socializing and engaging. So I was in that window of like when gaming got, I think, really good, right? And the social and the network and the online. You say that window, do you mean that window's closing or is it closed? I just think the best times are behind us, at least in my opinion, right? So everyone else growing up right now will never uh, get the experience. Seth, the, you're getting the, older. I know. I know. The, you're old before your time, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you play Overwatch. You play anything else at the moment? Uh, Overwatch. You know, I play MLB The Show that just came out. I've been grinding that game a lot. And uh, yeah, those are my two main games that I have time for currently. Okay. If you had to pick one game, all-time favorite, which is it? Destiny. Destiny, Destiny, the original one. Yes, I played that a lot. My friends, I played that. We stay up. I remember one night uh, we had a test in the morning. It was a half day, and we stay up all night and tried doing the Volta Glass raid. We didn't know what we were doing. We were on YouTube. We didn't know what was going on. We kept failing. And let's just say we did finish the raid. Everyone was frustrated, bad at each other. We were all fighting at the end of the night. But those are the memories that I'll forever have with you know some of my high school friends that we still you know shared together today. And um, you know, same thing with any other traditional sport, giving the opportunity to kind of continue to socialize and. Um, you know, make those memories. So Destiny, by far, I put a lot of time and in, in, in hours and after school. And it was a great game, in my opinion. All right, beautiful. Now let's get over to the premier part. So you did a fantastic job kind of giving me your professional background. That's normally what I'd ask you here. But um, what I want to ask is, why socks? Yeah, so I always, I grew up, uh, I love crazy socks. My parents would always buy me like the crazy color. Uh, Nike Elites is what they were you know, called. They, they still make Nike Elites. But I, I grew up, I'd have like, yellow and like this red pair i'd have this uh neon green and like black stripes so 
socks was just a way for me to kind of be unique, right? So I always wore to school. Everybody knew me as the kid that wore the crazy socks, right? The teachers, everybody. So it kind of gave me a, an opportunity to, you know, stand out from the crowd. And, and, you know, all the teachers always ask, like, oh, what socks you got on today? What's rocking today? So it was always like a, a thing where everyone's like, you know, what's, what's rocking today? And every day I would come in with a new pair of socks because I made my own socks. So I custom printed them. You know, my parents and I. So, you know, one day I would walk in with this and yeah, everyone was blown away. So uh, I love the sock idea. And um, I'm fortunate that, and, you know, it happened and it blew up again in the right place at the right time and, and took a, took advantage of the marketplace and having, you know, parents support structure to kind of educate me and get my first hands-on experience of running a company with employees and after school doing the, the Amazon fulfillment and the packaging and taking all the post office and, and sitting there and grinding nine, 10 hours a day, printing like physical labor, which, you know, wasn't the, the most fun, but you, it's something you had to do, right? And you're coming from a small town, small community, you have this big opportunity, you got to lay it all out there, especially, you know, I was 16, 17 years old at the time. So I kind of forego my social activities after school and had to focus on my business, which a lot of people, you know, when you're running a, a company or a business, you have to kind of sacrifice a lot of things. And that's what a lot of people aren't really willing to do. Absolutely. And it allows you to really appreciate what that labor really means. Uh, have you ever had a real job? Uh, no, nope. Never had a real job. Okay. So most employees aren't so good. They don't, they don't have that same passion that us entrepreneurs have. Yeah. And I think it's because they've never had to go through that grind of, you know, really understanding like your business is on the line basically every day and you have to keep doing it. Um, tell me about the esport company. Yeah. So the esport company is all about providing opportunities, experience, uh, in the esports industry. We do this through kind of like three little pillars that we kind of created right now. We do what our first ones are leagues and competitions. We do this at the amateur level. We do this at the high school level. And then also at the youth and, and middle school level, start with the amateur. This is our biggest this is our baby. This is what makes us unique in the marketplace. We have 13 franchises that we own across six different States. They compete in 12 different esport titles. Um, they have multiple skill tier divisions, not only this, but we're building out, you know, when I talk about an opportunity experience, I'm talking about, if you want to get involved with management, marketing, graphics, video editing, you know, you want to be a broadcaster, you want to run that production, uh, you want to be a human resource manager, understanding how to problem solve and then do all that paperwork stuff. Well, that's what our franchises and our league is built on, right? So each team has general managers, they have AGMs, we have commissioner, game commissioners for each game to so understand how to create rules and deal with problems. Uh, we have coaches, we have team captains, you know, of course we have players and the players are all at different skill levels that we break them down in divisions, like I mentioned. Uh, we have a social media team, we have a marketing team overall that does you know programs and stuff like that again we have a production team we live stream seven days a week when we're in season for that amateur um and like i said we provide opportunities for entry-level people getting casting or like i said that production and when i talk about that this is what they're doing they're actually helping run and operate this entire league and getting experience and also being part of our, our growth opportunity i can tell you some players some of our community members started out as players they're now work themselves up as kind of my right hand people um, so since we start back in June. So that's what we would do on the amateur side, the high school side. Uh, we have two seasons that we ran. We actually ran our first one here last May. We had 10 high schools here in Western Pennsylvania. We ran Atlanta event at Division One University, St. Francis. Uh, so we gave these students an opportunity of competing live on a stage, and we did a whole production on that. So we also do you know, land events. And then at the youth and middle school, we just looked, uh, signed on with our first YMCA here in Johnstown, and we're helping them develop a program not only around you know, playing games, but also some youth development, some oppor career opportunities. Um, the CEO of the YMCA kind of told me this is a new way of educating 
um, the you know, the future. And this leads me to our second kind of uh, division or pillar, whatever you look at it. This is our education development. So at the high school level, we're providing uh, nine week uh, curriculum, semester long curriculum. We're providing after school programs. We also have uh, summer camps. We launched our first summer camp here July 12th through the 14th at Malawishes College, another college here. And these students, seventh through 12th grade, aren't just going to be coming to this camp and playing video games. No, they're going to be learning about marketing. They're going to learn about management, the entrepreneurship, the IT, the graphic design, everything that this industry is built on. I want to educate. That's the most important thing in, 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 right now in this stage of the industry is educating the older generations, the parents, right, on this isn't a waste of time. There is an actual career opportunity. There's a career path that your son or daughter can take uh, through esports. And this camp is going to showcase that. And, uh, and you know, Appreciate Malawish's College giving me the opportunity to do this. So it'll be a three-day camp that we're doing there and also going to do a LAN event as well. But also kind of soft launches our curriculum and showcases what we mean when we're talking about our education system and what we're looking to provide. I mean, it's hands-on. You're, you're learning from you know the people that have actually done it uh, here with our company since we started in June. And I'm excited for that. And on the collegiate level, same thing, that semester-long curriculum that we can provide and continue to educate that then lead to internship opportunities. So we have interns right now. Uh, we're, we're actually hiring on some more individuals here as we begin to scale up. We got some uh, some good things here for a year or two, I guess, uh, to plan. So we have that. Then the third thing, which is our biggest, and it all funnels into this, is our Tech HQ. Tech HQ is I kind of dub it the Fancy Factory of Esports. This is our 8,800 square feet facility that we're looking to build out here in uh, the, by this year. Uh, we're getting this, some of the funding here finalized and, and good to go. We already started work on it actually, um, but this. Uh, facilities like i said the fans factory of esports we plan on having a production studio broadcast studio uh graphic design video editing which also is a multi-purpose it'll be a gaming center 12 station gaming center uh an old bank vault so it's pretty cool you know walking in an old bank vault and a huge bank door you know if you ever seen a bank vault door it's huge uh we have one of those and that's where our you know land center will be but also again multi-purpose not only will it be used for gaming graphic design video editing the coding the it all that different stuff that we can ed educate will be used for that uh, we'll have a 40-foot stage in there where we can host not only you know land events and tournaments but also small business you know uh, leadership programs stuff like that uh incubators right and uh that's what we're really excited for is this space isn't just for esports this space is really about building a community rebuilding a community right so johnstown you know, isn't the best spot right now. We're kind of rock bottom, you know, income level, housing rate, the economic developments very for our high schools and, and our community and our youth are are struggling. And that's that's being frank and that's being honest. And my goal here and my mission when I first came here to Johnstown was Operation Revive. I wanted to rebuild the city. Right. And how are we going to rebuild the city? Well, it's going to take something innovative and it's going to take somebody to take a little bit of risk and somebody to do their own thing uh, in order to make it happen. And that's what I've been doing here so far. So through this HQ project, OK, this is where after school programs are run. So we're going to get a student coming in from one of our local partner schools that you know, maybe aren't involved in any extracurricular activities. They're going to get involved with our maybe graphic design class or maybe our marketing class. They're going to understand all those different skills and tasks, right? Then they're going to get the opportunity to work right with a new startup in the technology and esports industry to gain that experience that can then lead them to a local employment opportunity with the esport company. I plan on having these HQs all over the country. That's the goal. And how am I going to do, how are you going to have that happen? Well, through our amateur league, our amateur series, we're going to have five to 600 teams over the next three to five years is our goal. Uh, I would say five years just to be safe. Okay. About 12 to 16 city-based teams in every state. We're going to build those communities, find those little cities and areas that need our help or that need help in general of finding a new way to, you know, 
creating more economic impact, right? We're, I'm a small town, small city here in Johnstown. So we have to think of new ways to bring businesses in, bring economic uh, impact in, because like I said, over the past 20 years, the numbers don't lie. Young individuals are moving out record rates uh, here and, and again, our poverty rates well below the, the medium average here in Pennsylvania and, and well below the national average. So, I mean, it's all about, again, rebuilding cities and, and I'm starting here in Johnstown and we're already making movements and, and plans to do it so far. So that's the real reason why we're doing this, but I don't tell everybody that yet, but cause we're still working on it, but um, you know, that's how everything funnels into each other. All right. That is absolutely incredible. That's so awesome, Seth. Like you really have a comprehensive plan. That is incredible. Now I, I have a question though, because I've talked to a lot of people in esports, yeah. and you would be hard pressed to find anybody actually making money. So cool. I, I, how are you making money? Are you yeah. making money? Are you ready? Cause I will, I mean, it's going to be a little bit. Okay. So let's start with the amateur league. Okay. So we talked about my parents owning this merchandise. So every team that we own, we create merchandise and uh, literally from everything, promotional products, you name it. We do, we print everything, jerseys, hoodies, hats. We do it all in house. Okay. So that's number one. We're able to cut that middleman and we make our own money through our merchandise and our community is over 5,000 players currently already uh, online. And that's with me spending about hundred dollars a month of marketing. That's it. It's all word of mouth. So I'm not scaling up thousands of dollars of marketing budget. I'm literally building this from nothing and ground up and people that I can trust and rely on. So that's number one with our amateur league. We also have a tech plus monthly subscription. We have a $5. And we're going to be releasing a $10 a month subscription. Uh, we have our members in our community because our, our leagues are free to play. Our amateur league is free to play. So we monetize it through uh, the tech plus subscription helps pay for all of our staff and our uh, production broadcast, et cetera. Of course, Twitch, uh, we make some uh, money off of you know, our community subbing and, and doing that. So that kind of crowd funds our amateur league, our high school league. We do charge a yearly fee uh, because we run two land events a year for these schools. So we give them, uh, we actually cast all their games live. We provide the production. When you join the eSport Company High School Series, you literally don't do a thing. We set up the games. We set up your discords. We set up everything you need. You literally just bring the kids in, make sure they're on time, and, and we'll handle the rest. Literally, that is what uh, kind of built our high school league up from about 10 schools to we're anticipating almost 3x uh, growth from just our May season to now next our fall season because the word's getting out about how easy our league is. So there's our high school league, um, and then we also do sponsorships, of course, throughout that. And then through the YMCA, same thing. Uh, we're doing our summer leagues and uh, camps. And also, uh, we're charging a yearly uh, fee to help run uh, their 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 leagues as well. So that's just our one thing that we do there. And we also help all these high schools, universities, YMCA's build out their land centers. So we give them help them provide all the equipment. You know, we kind of help uh, that one stop shop where they say, "Seth, I want here's our budget. Tell me what you need, or tell me what we need." Right. So I go in there. Okay, this is what you get with this, this, and this. They approve it, and we literally go. So th we have multiple stages of transactions through that, and then through our, of course, our uh, education. I mean, it's our after-school program. Uh, we have summer camps. Uh, we have not only the nine-week and semester-long courses. That's that's huge. And my sister, you may be asking, well, who the heck's the fuck your cricket? Well, my sister. Okay, my oldest sister uh, has what two master's degrees now in education, English, and uh, also some uh, special education as well. And she's working for uh, PA Cyber. Uh, actually, she develops curriculum for the largest cyber school in Pennsylvania right now. So, and she's a gamer. Uh, she grew up playing Kingdom Hearts and stuff like that. I remember she'd always get mad because I I deleted her uh, her memory card with Kingdom Hearts. On it, so she she was mad and uh, irate on that. But you know, this is kind of my. I'm sorry. Can you help me out with this now? But so she's she's really helped me build that, and that's something that I can't you know ever pass up. So it's like all the stars are aligning. We have all the pieces, that, uh, all the pieces of the puzzle in the right place for that. 
uh, that she's really helped me build that. And, uh, and we work with a local like intermediate unit as well, helping them develop like their STEM camps. So we're doing that next year. So yeah, just our education development's a beast in its own. Um, and then our last thing is our tech HQs. Like I mentioned, uh, through that it's, you know, the after school programs are through their memberships. Uh, we're going to have the small business and leadership stuff like that. We're going to have events every night going on there, but it will also work as our corporate head, uh, headquarters as well. We're going to be able to utilize all those facilities, like talk about that broadcasting and that production studio and, and everything that we can multi-purpose and run this education program through. So um, that's how kind of we, uh, we generate some, some revenue and how we're, we, we're actually self fund Like I said, I'm no, no need right now to really seek huge amounts of capital because we're onto something here. And uh, I've had people, some people take notice, but yeah, I like Absolutely. to keep it lay low. Absolutely. That's wonderful. Now, um, like I said, most people in the esports space I've talked to, they're not making money. So like, what makes you different? Like you, you obviously are special. Like, you, you know, you grew up as an entrepreneur, but like, that can't be it. Like what unique skills or talents or what, what makes you good at this to be able to do this? Yeah, I think it's all about just building a community and doing it for the right reason, right? If you're not doing it to make money, okay, you're doing it because you love to do. It, and of course, you figure out ways to, to make it happen. But if you're doing it for the right reasons, right? My reason when I talk to our community is, you're, like I said, rebuilding the cities, right? Finding that greater good and the greater problem that we can solve through this esports, okay? When people buy into that, they don't just buy into the idea. They buy into you. They buy into the company. They buy into the brand, okay? When people buy into your brand, okay, they're going to be more supportive in, in signing up for that subscription or signing up for this. So my advice to any company out there is figure out your identity. Figure out your brand. What is your real mission? Because I love the esports industry. I love the digital age because everyone can research everybody. They see exactly who's who and what you're doing and what's going on. And, you know, the first thing when I, when I talk to our community is they go through an orientation and they listen to our vision, our mission, our values, everything that we do um, in our company. That's the first thing they do when they join our community is they sit there and they hear somebody talk about what the esports company is about and, and what makes us different. Um, through this. So for, for me, it's just figuring out that passion, that goal, right? And then figure out what are those problem solving initiatives, okay, that will then create the value, which I've found some success, but also some failures, right? I've had, I've had some failure ideas as well. So, um, you know, it's not gonna be easy. But like I said, if you're doing it for the right reasons, you're doing it ethically. Uh, that's what a lot of my mentors have told me as well is, you know, we got to do this ethically. And I agree, like, I'm all about giving back. I love it. Uh, I just want to be, you know, you know, helping out other people is that's really where I thrive and succeed at. So again, doing it for the right reasons, people will take notice. And then through, through time, you create that value enough where they're going to give you, you know, that $5 or they're going to spend that $50 on a Jersey or whatever the case may be. So. For sure. Now you mentioned failure a second ago. Um, I'm going to ask you in a minute, you know, a, a question about your failures, but I'd like to know, what do you wish you had known when you were starting this company out that you, you now know? Yeah. So just the, like the mental toll of it, you know, having a community of a uh, couple thousand people, I mean, it may not sound like a lot, but when you're within a league, you're communicating on a daily basis to these individuals. They always want to know about updates and, and what's going on and what the next steps are. So it really made me change my idea of what a leader is, right. And understanding that you have to cater, you try, you can't carry everybody, but you have to make sure you handle yourself in a way where it's relatable to as many people as you can. Uh, that way your mission and your points get across and you know sometimes people join our community right and sometimes they join for the wrong reasons and i have to understand that i can't save everyone right i can't please everybody and that's sometimes the hardest thing i've been having to deal with is you know seeing people just you know lash out or just you know kind of 
not lash out, but you know what I'm saying? They just kind of, they don't understand what's going on. So they hate a little bit or they're jealous or they poke fun. They don't really understand the bigger, bigger purpose and goals. So me understanding that like everyone's not going to be for us or for, for what we're doing is, is hard. And you're just some of that mental toll as well. It's like, you can't save everybody. So still hits with me a little bit, but I'm starting to slowly learn that you have to understand that, you know, you have to have the right people around you. They, they understand, they love what you do and they believe in it. And you have to keep moving forward. You can't look at those negative things because like I said, failure is always there. You're always going to have a negative to a positive. It's entrepreneurship's ups, downs, ups, downs. And if you, you know, you get too high, you ride that high horse, then it comes crashing down. And I've learned this when I was 16, 17, you literally just have to ride the wave every single day is a new day. And that's kind of the reason why I love being an entrepreneur, but you just said that mental toll and and understanding what it means to be a, a kind of community figures. Sometimes hard. Okay, wonderful. Um, do you have any advice for anybody who's interested in going into entrepreneurship? Maybe esports, maybe not. You know, you you have more experience than most people. You probably have more experience than me, honestly. Um, like, what what is like the key things that you like? If you had to pass on, if you were going to be somebody's mentor, what would you tell them? Uh, definitely want to find your kind of inner circle, right? Find those individuals that trust and, and believe in you and not just the idea or your business, but they actually care about you, right? Because you need that supporting structure. Like my parents, you know, my friend, my close friends have still been working with me since I started the Sox and still here today. You got to have those close, reliable uh, individuals because you can't do it alone. You're only one person. You need individuals that believe in it, that you can trust with some information, um, and that's number one. Number two is the mental toll. Like the physical toll is easy. You know, I'm 23 years old. I'm still young, right? I can move around. I can hustle around, do all the late hours. But, you know, the mental toll is where it can get you, right? And, you know, mental health is a serious issue now. I'm glad it's finally coming to light because it's real. And I've dealt with it throughout my time, you know, in high school and all the way up until now as, as a 23-year-old. It will never leave me, I don't think, because, you know, it's like I said, all of the online toll and, and all these different things going on and failure and success. Oh no, this happened. Oh wait, this is happening. This is good. But also these three things are, this is going on. So I really just, you have to be mentally tough and it's not like you know, every day you can just swing it. Like you have to be stone faced and, you know, adversity hits, you can't be one to run away and, and, and scramble. You gotta, you just gotta keep trucking forward. Uh, because if you do stop, you quit, you, you basically give up when you give up, everything's already over. So it's, you just have to keep pushing through it. And uh, like I said, that, that mental toll is the number one thing that I would tell anybody, the mental toll and then just having a sports structure around you. You have those two things, you can do it. If you don't, it'll, it'll be tough. Beautiful. Okay, now, Seth, you mentioned failure again. And here's the thing. I believe that we learn more in our life from our failures rather than our successes. Because you could succeed the first time you try something and if it goes well, like you didn't learn anything, right? You're just like, oh, it worked. But if you fail, you got to take a look at it. You got to like iterate through it. You got to figure out what went wrong and be able to move forward and succeed the next time. So I'd like to ask you, what do you consider your biggest failure in life? And what did you learn from it? Biggest failure in life. Good, good question. Um, I would definitely say my biggest failure in life probably have to be my, my, some of my leadership decisions that I made uh, over the years. Okay. So, cause I'm still, I call myself the chief market officer of the esport company on the CEO, because I told my team, I'm still understanding and learning how to be a leader. Right. And I want to make sure you guys understand that your whole purpose here is to learn and get better. And it starts with me. Okay. Don't think I'm special because, you know, I started this idea and here we are rolling. So just my, my leadership uh, sometimes gets the, sometimes I have a hard head. Maybe I'm a little stubborn sometimes. And I have to understand to take opinion, take feedback, um, you know, constructive criticisms as well. 
And that's something that I haven't really been able to do over the years that I'm really starting now to adapt to in the year two of the esport company is it's all about understanding individuals' point of view and perspectives uh, in order for us to continue to make the change that we need. Because like I said, year one was our concept phase. Now year two is where things get serious and we got to move. So uh, I'm all in on uh, open, being open-minded uh, more so than I've ever been before. And I've like, I learned that over the past year is there's a lot of things going on and I, I can't be every little place. So as me as a leader, I have to empower those individuals that are doing these these tasks for me uh, in, in the company. And I have to trust in their ability and, and I have to focus on what I need to do. So that way they can focus on what they're to do. And I'm not there hounding them and, and you know, demanding results or anything like that. So uh, for me, it's, it's really just about that leadership, which is I'm still learning. I'm still getting better at but you know, it's, it, it, it leads to some of the failures that, uh, you know, I've experienced in my past. Absolutely. It just comes with time and experience. Okay. Other than leadership, what is that something else you're working to improve on yourself today? We're going to prove, uh, definitely getting a little more, uh, a little more organized, uh, with all these different ideas and things going on. We have like six different initiatives to focus in on here over the next three months. And sometimes I find myself scrambled. Um, so it's really just about me getting in the office here, getting organized, uh, figure out what I need to do, what I need to focus on and uh, delegating some of those roles, responsibilities to my team members uh, that can help pick up where uh, help's needed. So definitely for me here uh, over the next couple of months is staying organized because we have a lot of initiatives going on and I can't lose focus on all these different things uh, or we won't continue to grow. Wonderful. All right. One more fun question before we start bringing this in for a landing. What is something that you think people misunderstand about you the first time they meet you? Yeah, that I'm, uh, you know, some person that grew up in a rich family that, you know, I lived on, again, the high horse that, you know, oh, I made all this money off the socks and that's it. But, you know, people don't understand the struggle, the hard work, oh, the, the, the 12 hour, 14 hour shifts where I would uh, wake up from like 10 a.m. to about whenever the post office would close about five o'clock. I would then take a break, eat, play a couple games, and then I would go and print from nine o'clock in, in the evening to about 4 a.m. Okay, and I would do this for like two weeks straight during the holiday season, right? So people always see the end goal, they see the end task, but they don't understand the struggle and and the toll that you went through, especially as my family, you know, my mom and my parents, again, are, you know, aren't college educated, but they made it for literally from nothing. Like my parents own a very successful small business now because my dad quit his state job, took a risk. And, you know, they're literally the, the American family where they risked it all, put their backs up against the wall in order to provide for my sisters and I. Right. And that's the same thing that I'm looking to do for this company is put myself back against the wall. So that way I can provide an opportunity for thousands of individuals to get the experience or follow their dreams and passion. And that's what I tell everybody all the time. But, you know, people think, oh, he's only going after the money. He's doing this. He's a, why is he doing this? He's a millionaire. That's the other. There's so many misconceptions and misperceptions on, on everything. Um, that, that again, that comes to being a leader in a community of thousands of people that don't know you personally that you kind of have to understand. Um, so I would say it's that's, you know, sometimes the values of, of what I try to do is, is really the truthful. And, and some people are skeptical online because again, it's an online thing, right? They hear this person saying this, this, and this, is he just saying this to sell me? Or is he saying this because he actually believes this? And that's, that's, I hate to say that, but that's literally the world we have to live in now because there is a lot of people online that, they are two different people from the one they're actually in reality. So, you know, in person. So I understand people's perspective there, but yeah, it's definitely, definitely that part of it. You know, I'm trying to help individuals. I'm trying to help everybody get better. And, and me, my, myself, you know, there's still people out there that think I'm this or think I'm that when they don't understand the struggle that I've been through to get to this point. 
I 100% agree with you on that one. <laughs> okay, Seth, this has been a fantastic interview. How do people find you? How do they reach out to you? Where are you guys out on social media? All that, please. Yeah, so we're on all the platforms, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, you name it. It's just the eSport company. Uh, you know, We have a website, eSportCompany.com. That's where you can find our application to join our amateur series. We have our high school information on there. Uh, everything about us uh, on our social media and our Twitch channel and on our website. Beautiful. All right. Now, as we wrap this up, do you have any final thoughts you want to share or anything I didn't ask you think we still need to cover? No, I mean, I just appreciate the opportunity. I always like to get on on these podcasts and kind of just tell where we're at, where we've been uh, and where we're going here in, in year number two of the eSport company. Uh, my motto is kind of building silence to some of our local chamber members uh, and our local leaders of our local chamber here. It's just like, Seth, what, you got to tell us what's going on. I see this going on. I go, let's do a press release. Let's get this out here. You know, I always see you doing your things. I'm always bringing you up to people, but again, I'm not doing you here to, to make headlines and saying I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I'm doing it with my team and the clients that I work with and our partners and they understand our mission, our values. I'm not here to you know, promote and say, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. Like we're literally doing our own thing. And uh, I kind of like keeping keep a level head and, and playing low because then our you know competitors our, our people in the industry don't really know what we're up to. So until we get, we get big right until we're three years into this and we've built up a point where we have teams all across the country of hundreds of employees people are like where do these people come from who are these people well we've been building in silence uh since day one and that's the motto that uh, i want to end with all right well seth mason thank you so much for coming on with us today i genuinely do appreciate it yes thank you so much for having me again appreciate it absolutely and for everybody else i'm going to remind you all don't be just a gamer be a gamerpreneur <laughs>